0: Okay, I always see glass half-full with Oklahoma football. <laughs> yeah, I, so oh I've, so my I've gosh. said this. Everybody in Oklahoma just threw up in their Cheerios. George is the best team I've seen. Agreed. Oh, eye test. My Agreed. dad was an optometrist. Eye test. I don't know what that has to do with it, but sure. You, vroom, vroom, let's go. X-ray eyes. Got it. Oklahoma is the second-best football team I've seen. They, are, they got power. They got speed. They're better on defense. There is a little edge to Brett Venables that maybe Lincoln, you know, he's a defensive guy. Yeah. I telling you, I test.
1: Second best team he's seen.
0: Well, he's only seen three games to be fair, but yeah, and two of them are USC games.
1: Well, here's what I'll say to that. Georgia's the best team we've all seen, right? Unanimous across the board. Everyone would agree yeah, with
0: that. Have to yeah, to say it. Yeah, well, I mean, Ku's creeping up right behind Georgia, but uh, yes, Georgia's number one. <laughs> yeah,
1: Georgia and Ku. Outside of that, no one else looks unbeatable. Now. Would I say that Oklahoma's the second best team that I've seen? I probably would not say that. In fact, I'm willing right now to not say that they're the second best team that I've seen. Um, I think they're they're right in the group where they should be, where it's, you know, if you just look at the rankings, you got Georgia one, you got Alabama two, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Oklahoma – USC. I think there's like between Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Oklahoma, throw USC in there. uh, I've looked really good, but we really don't know a whole lot about where each team's going to end up at the end of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, (laughs) I heard that yesterday though. And I was, you know, I said, said to myself, man, I was feeling really good about this team. And Starting to feel really good about Saturday's game against Kansas State. Now I'm like scared to death that the Cowherd curse is going to happen here.
1: Well, he's trying to he's trying to build you up so he can say uh, you were supposed to be this good and you let everyone down. You were the second best team, and then you let everyone. Of course, I, they're the second best team.
0: Know. Look, look at Riley left. Like what Bob Stoops won with John Blake's players, of course he went. Which I, I, I hope, I hope he throws out that line. I really hope that Colin Cowher throws out the, well, yeah, Lincoln Riley left the cupboard extremely full. When all I heard all offseason was, <laughs> how are they gonna win six games? I, their whole roster transferred to USC, you know. Oh, that's so funny. I
1: love, uh, I love Joel Klatt just. Laughing, I I thought at first you were playing like uh like just a another audio clip of someone laughing at that statement, but it but it was actually Joel Klatt there in the studio. With oh yeah, me. it was pretty funny. <laughs> nice, yeah, uh, man. It, what do you you're not you don't. You don't play into that, right? Do you think Oklahoma's looked that good so far through three games?
0: I mean, they've looked – well, we asked the question yesterday is, does this team look better, worse, or the same than what you thought that they were going to look before the year? And definitely defensively. I I didn't think the D-line was going to be this disruptive, this good early on. So, I guess in kind of that area, they're a little bit better than I thought. But are they the second-best team? I I would say no, but – there's no other slam dunk answer that's out there. You know, like yeah. Ohio State, like like the the win over Notre Dame. Like almost now, you say to yourself, "Well, geez, how do they barely right. win that game?" Because Notre Dame is stunk all year long. It's the only time we've thought that Notre Dame looked good is when they played Ohio State.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to it's it's hard to really say with a bunch of teams. It's there's. You know, and, and that's one of the problems in college football is there's a massive discrepancy in what one team's schedule looks like compared to the next. But you know, there is a, at least some point where things get close to evening out a little bit. But right now, we know very little about pretty much everyone out there. There's a couple of teams that play some uh, some really tough non-conference schedules. Like uh, Kent State, we know more about Kent State because of, they Jeez. played Washington, Oklahoma, and Georgia. All right, we know everything we need to know about Kent State. Yeah, by the way, but everyone else, there's there's still a a, a ton left to be determined.
0: Yeah, and we're going to do this segment uh, later on in the show. Actually, I got a handful of teams, and we're going to go down the list of uh, what do we know about each one. Let's let's start with Kansas State, though. What do we know about KSU after three games? other than their uh, quarterback is scared to death to throw it downfield?
1: Well, we know that you could copy and paste the game plan from 20 years ago and insert it now, and it's the same exact team. They do some things. There's, like, some different concepts, right? But it's all built the exact same. They're going to try and win with smart play. Discipline football, no turnovers, win special teams, play good tough football in the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, feature the running game, two to two to one or more over the pass game. That's just the that's the team you're going to get year in year out. Even though Snyder's not there, they still play the same way. And you see with the game against Tulane, as soon as they don't hit on one of those things, it can all fall apart pretty quickly.
0: And we've seen um, both sides of that in Kansas State games over the past 15 years, right? You've seen games in 2015 where you lose in special teams and they're able to uh, beat you, right? Well, that 2014, they they beat you at home with that. We've seen games where it just rolls up on Kansas State like 2015 and they can't get anything going and OU wins in a blowout. So we've seen... Really, kind of multiple times, we've seen both sides of like exactly what you're talking about. OU rolls yeah. it up on them, and they have no chance to compete, but OU turns the ball over, loses special teams bad, and Kansas State finds a way to win.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly what you're going to see. Now, like a lot of years, they've got a couple, a handful of really, really good players. Like, sprinkled throughout, they've got some really good players, and... Deuce Vaughn, one of the best running backs in the country. Um, They've got the edge rusher, not even going to attempt to say the name. 91. Excellent, excellent player. Um, I like Malik Knowles. Some people don't like him. I don't love his uh, numbers
0: this year, but he's proved like he took a kickback on you last year, right? Yeah,
1: his numbers this year have more to do with Martinez in the passing game than they do anything else. He's really fast, he's a deep threat. Um, Martinez has just been like they coached all of the risk taking out of him right now. He's scared to throw the football down the field. And which we've all known that, you know, the passing game has never been the strong suit of his. You know, that that is going to be a complement to the running game. That's what Kansas State's gonna have to be. Which, you know, we've talked about this. The critical thing is first and second down against Kansas State. If you can put them in third and eight and more you've got a really, really good Uh, chance, not just winning the football game, but totally shutting them down.
0: Well, this defense does. The previous defenses that we've seen, I still felt really nervous against Kansas State in third and eight and third and nine. But this time around, I'm like, yeah, I actually feel pretty good if they get these guys in third and long with their uh, ability to rush the passer. The the scary thing is the last two times K-State has beaten you, which, by the way, you are a 12-and-a-half point favorite as things sit right now, you were a 23-and-a-half-point favorite in mm. 2019 and a 27-and-a-half-point favorite in 2020. Dang. You have been a massive favorite against these guys the last two times that you lost. So,
1: Yeah. Does that
0: make you nervy? Uh, maybe.
1: Sure. Yeah, why not? I, I'll just I'll go ahead and be nervous about everything. You know, that's Well, just that is I'm your gonna...
0: role on game week. Thursday is when you really start to turn the temperature up for – being super nervous about the game, especially Kansas State.
1: Yeah, I, for whatever reason, at this point, and maybe this is dumb of me, but I'm not nervous like I I typically get. I I feel pretty good about it. I I just think that this this offense for Kansas State is is so straightforward that I think Venable's is going to have a, a really good probably simple game plan to throw right back at it just I mean this is one of those game plans where you want to win it with physicality keep it simple make sure the run fits are simple and easy you can get lined up easy and and fit everything properly don't make it too complicated there's really no need to now I'm sure he'll build a, a pretty good third down package to contend with um, you know what what Adrian Martinez can do and try and give him some different looks and Try and create some big plays maybe some some turnovers or some some big sacks, but outside of that i I imagine on first and second down we're going to be super super vanilla
0: yeah i'm uh, I, I got a lot of confidence the defense is going to play well and throw up a you know put up a, a, a low number uh, offensively though this is this, this is the test right And in Kansas State I know they haven't played a ton of uh, offenses that have a lot of capability throwing the ball but what Dylan Gabriel hasn't thrown an interceptions in all 78 attempts this year, but K-State's third nationally in pass efficiency defense, and they're tied for second nationally with seven interceptions on the year. So they've been pretty good getting turnovers in the passing game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they've got a really good pass rush. Um, 91. Just say Felix. Really good coming off the edge. Felix. Really good coming off the edge. He's a physical guy. I'm wondering if they're going to move him around a little bit to, uh, depending on who we start at right tackle, whether it's Guyton or Wanya Morris, try and get an advantage there instead of lining him, him up over Harrison where he typically lines up. But, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's a typical Kansas State team. Really solid across the board, across the entire roster, and sprinkle in a handful of, premier-type players, and, you know, you got, you got a, a really solid football team. And that, that's what I expect from them. And that's, you know, that's going to be their formula, if, it seems like, forever. So,
0: uh, do you see it any other way? I mean, I see it 35-14 is the way that I see it. <laughs> I think this defense is going to play really well, and this offense is going to have just enough success to win by three touchdowns. I feel good.
1: Uh, I
0: feel good about it, man. I I'm okay. starting to turn over a new leaf in fandom of starting to believe. And you, you know what, man? I, I think the atmosphere is going to be really cool on Saturday night. Can we see a home field advantage, please? Well, it's going to be Wha- tough up there playing in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, and it was early on, but how about we start saying that the other way around? How about we start factoring in that OU's got a really tough home field advantage as well like i i want to see that on saturday please let this crowd affect some things
1: we have to build in like five excuses for why it may not be usually what is it going to be it's not going to be the heat we got a night game weather's supposed to be good it's not like it's going to be stormy or anything at least not, not that i've seen um people always want night games you got that should be able to uh Partake all day long, have a good time, be ready to roll whenever the, the thing finally kicks seizures off. Seizures
0: with the LED lights. They ramped up the LED lights and it caused too many seizures.
1: Uh, I, well, that may be... It, it, what about the rumors of an alternate uniform? <laughs> Is that going to keep people away? I sell
0: my tickets when they wear anthracite <laughs> uniforms. That's what I do.
1: So, <laughs> come on. Are, are, what's going on with that? I saw the... The tweet you put out on the KREF Twitter um, account, are, is there anything to them wearing an alternate uniform? Or are you just making stuff up? Trying to
0: amplify what do you mean, a, making stuff up? a
1: conspiracy theory? There
0: was nothing I made up. I just tweeted out an old quote from Joe C about wearing black uniforms. It may have been a little bit strategic in its placing, but I didn't make anything up. No, dude, there's, there's rumors that they are... Wearing the alternate uniform on Saturday. And there's even scuttlebutts that it may be different than the Bring the Wood uniforms we've been accustomed to.
1: Wow. Are you lending any credibility
0: to it? Um, Just to rile everyone up? Yeah, sure. Yes, I am. (laughs) What's best for the show, right? What's best for the show that they wear the worst alternate uniforms they'd ever worn before, right? That's it.
1: It if they're going to win, what, 35-14 like you picked it, they, they're they better – we need some controversy coming out of that thing, right? Alternate uniform probably be the best thing.
0: Uh, text line, I guess Cal Her did say what I was making fun of about that he inherited a great roster. Says, Tyler, listen to the whole segment. Cal Ter did say that he's playing with Lincoln's players.
1: That's so funny. After – Everyone in the country, including him, said Oklahoma's not going to be any good because all their, they lost all of
0: their talent, right? That's amazing. It only took three weeks to flip <laughs> the narrative, which is amazing. I've been going yeah. to OU games since the late 70s, always a country club crowd, never a loud, crazy stadium.
1: Well, what do you say to that? Because according to you, it's the loudest fan base in the country. You got all offended whenever someone said that, Nebraska was louder.
0: Well, I just didn't know that she carried a a sound decibel to every single game over the years. I was really impressed with that. Uh, No, OU can can definitely be better, but the opponents could definitely be better around here too. We'll see better home-field environments moving forward. Uh, Zane says Saturday night will be lit, then it won't be lit, then it will be lit again. Repeat as needed.
1: (laughs) It'll be flashing between lit and not lit. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Bf- I think that sums it up perfectly.
0: BFC says Miss Cement wore an alternate uniform the other night. Oh, mama.
1: hey Nice.
0: It's going to be late. I'll be tired by then. <laughs> Making fun of the excuses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Second half, they got tired. It was late. You got to get home, beat traffic. No reason to stick around. Yeah. Yeah, build, we
0: built in all kinds of excuses. Every time Tyler says, man, it has a little John Gruden feel to it. You excited about the crowd, man? <laughs> I think the crowd's going to be loud, man.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see.
0: All right, let's hit a quick opening timeout.
1: Man, I am at a fantastic spot. TJ came and set up, and he was like, man, I didn't know this place is out here. It kind of makes me want to live out there. How about that, Tyler? I'm at nice Pryor's. Pizza Kitchen out here in Goldsby, Oklahoma. I could, on a good day, hit this place with a driver from my front yard. On a bad day. Way left. Not anywhere must be close, way left but, from
0: your tee box wherever you're swinging at. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, on a bad day, actually, is whenever I hit it with the driver. That's what's that's what's going on. But they've got coal-fired uh, pizza ovens here. Really cool. Tons of TVs. This is the spot. If you're looking for somewhere to hang out, on Saturdays, to watch some college football, or even Thursday night NFL football. This place is amazing. They have probably the coolest outdoor area of anywhere, Oklahoma City, Norman, combined. Tons of, like, lounge chairs, tons of games. They've got um, pickleball out here. They've got ping pong. They've got tons of stuff, little stuff for the kids. It's such a cool place. You have to come out here and see it. Full bar. Like I said, tons of, uh, of TVs everywhere. Such a really, really cool place, and it's brand new. Got to come check it out. Pryor's Pizza Kitchen out here in Goldsby, right at the corner of Center and Santa Fe. You can't miss us. Stay tuned.
0: Bringing you the physical, relentless, suffocating coverage of the Sooners you deserve. This is The Ref, the home of Sooner It is the rush on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Keep those texts coming on the air. coverage Solutions, text line 405 Six five one thirty four thirty nine, uh, An OU K State memory. It's always fascinating to me when I see that OU beat Kansas State three different times in a span of 350 days. September 29th, excuse me, October 14th, 2000 to September 29th, 2001. OU beat Kansas State three times, and all three of those K State teams were ranked 11th or higher. And actually, I guess huh. within that 350 day span, you beat him three times on the field and one time on the beach in tug of war is that the same time frame <laughs> that's right. yeah, I'm pretty
1: sure that would have been the spring of 2001 yeah Dang. pretty sure that's when that was kick their butt
0: yeah yeah all three of those that's games funny, on the on the football field were close ten point win. Uh, the first time around, three-point win, then a one-point win, but it was like a 50-point blowout, that tug-of-war on a spring break. Yeah,
1: I think it was the uh, probably the walk-on group, uh, the two-and-three-deep scout teamers that we uh, beat up on there at South Padre Island, Texas. No big deal.
0: <laughs> I love that story no big so deal. much. Oh, God, I love that story so much. Do you remember – That is interesting, though. Yeah, go ahead. Well, do you remember who was on the OU tug-of-war team that day on the beach? Yeah. It, I mean, some of the guys
1: Skinner, myself, Dan Cody. Oh jeez. Um I think I think Heinicky um I'm not sure who else. Those are the. Calmus wasn't weighted down in the
0: back or anything.
1: No, 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 no. That was skins, man. Skinner. Pretty good. It was fun. Good times. Good memories. Uh, That is interesting, though. Three three times in a calendar year, they were top eleven every time and beat them home, away, and neutral site.
0: Yeah, and they were all. Top 11 really good football teams and still able to beat them during that time span. That's that's when K-State had it going, man. Um, they were at their height in kind of the late 90s there, but they were still on that run uh, during that time frame. They were on a yeah. run then. And they're
1: good this year, and
0: they may not even be the best team in the state. That's what's, uh, Seriously. That's what's crazy. Seriously, man. What's your concern level that we are allowing one game against Tulane, which – you know, a home loss against Tulane is not great. But we as the fan base are way undervaluing this team based on the one time we all watched them last or this year, which was last week. Is that a concern?
1: I don't know. Is that true? Are we really undervaluing them? I or? think compared
0: to what at least I thought last week, my mind has changed a little bit. And maybe if I really watched them close the first two games offensively, I wouldn't have been as bullish on Kansas State. But, like, after really watching them offensively this week, I said, dang, man, they've got way more issues than I thought.
1: Well, they still have the second-best rushing offense in in the Big 12. I should say throwing the ball. Kansas I didn't realize one.
0: that they had that in many issues. That's what I should say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Adrian Martinez – he's fine whenever they get up, they're running the ball, they can just continue to do what they do, pass selectively. There's really no pressure on him to, to need to get, get anywhere in the in the passing game. But man, as soon as they're in a tight ball game like they were with Tulane and he's asked to throw and try and create some of the passing game, man, he got panicked. He looked uncomfortable back there. It
0: was it was not good. They had a fourth down late in the game. Like, I think it may have been their last offensive possession. It's like a fourth and one, fourth and two, and they ran a speed option to the left side with, obviously, he and Deuce Vaughn, and, like, he didn't pitch it. I don't know why. He, like, hesitated, didn't pitch it, and he got hit for a loss, and it was a turnover on downs. It's like one of those weird plays where you know you're expected to be able to pitch the ball in that offense, and it was just a weird play like it was one of those where you say yeah he is really lacking confidence right now if he can't execute that play
1: yeah he's he's in a position where he's trying to predetermine what he's going to do right and when you pre if you're not like confident enough to read out the situation and trust your instincts and just just go play the the game you're going to be in trouble and that's what it sounds like to me. He's already predetermined that he's going to keep it. And then when the situation presented where he should have pitched it, you know, he's already made the decision before he even ran the play. And it's hard to pull the trigger after that instead of trusting it, reading it, doing what you're, you're trained to do. That, that's not a good sign for him.
0: Uh, Mike Skinner's son is playing wide out at Kansas, says the text line. I had no idea that was the case. Is that true? I, I, I can double-check that, but no wonder they're winning so many games right now. Also – There's no way that's true. This text says, ask Teddy if he remembers where Skinner went to high school and how many rushing yards he had. Yeah.
1: Well, I know he went to high school in Tahlequah. I have no idea how many rushing yards he,
0: he it says, had. says, White Oak – My guess would be zero. White Oak, 8,000 career rushing yards in high school is what it says. No. They have the wrong Mike Skinner. <laughs> they have Mike to. Skinner He's a offensive line is then.
1: a guard. <laughs> He's a guard that played high school football in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. <laughs> he did not run for 8,000 yards. Well, he may
0: have told everyone that he rushed for 8,000 yards, and no one was about to challenge him on it. He may have ruined it for him. That's funny. Now I'm s- – Now I'm
1: sitting here, like, questioning myself, like, well, did he really go to Tahlequah? I mean, I know he lived there his whole life, and he lives there still, but did he really go to Tahlequah?
0: Reggie. They they said Reggie Skinner, LOL, sorry. uh, (laughs) 8,000 rushing yards. Yeah, a little bit different. (laughs) Quentin Skinner. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, like, if his son is playing uh, football at Kansas – that means he would have been born right around the time we were hanging out at South Padre Island, Texas, in that tug of war against Kansas State.
0: Yeah. We bring so, bring up Mike Skinner, and we get a bunch of misinformation about the guy on the text line. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just text him, though, and say, did you really a, rush for 8,000 yards in high school and see uh, what he says? I got a text from a friend that says,
1: yeah, maybe he drank 8,000 beers.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it hey was it him that you were telling me the legend or legendary um story about that from that same spring break spring break trip uh yeah it's a feat
1: i've never seen duplicated and he did it several times and once i think yes at that spring break trip man beer bong an entire six-pack yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Shit, that's
0: OU DNA <laughs> right there. Don't sell me on anything else. That's OU DNA. Beer bonging an entire six pack on spring break. That's it.
1: Hey, those are the college days. Um He is a He's a responsible adult now. Um has a great family, beautiful family, married a girl from Fort Gibson, Oklahoma, Tyler. How Yikes. about that? Mm, man. Was a heck of a football player too. Um Played multiple spots. He had to play both guards at times and uh, did a really good
0: job. Awesome guy. Love Mike Skinner. Bruce Feldman picks OU to win 34-20. to That's a covering of the spread. Stewie Mandel, who as of last week had OU still outside the top 25, does not have OU covering the spread. He has them winning 28-20 in a tight football game. Yeah. Hey, I could, I, could
1: see, um, I could see this game turning into a tight one if, if they put the, the clamps on our offense. And, you know, we, we turn the ball over. We have a couple of, um, not a couple, a, a bad play on special teams that really cost us, cost us a possession or cost us points. Yeah, I could see it doesn't take much for this to turn into a really close game. I just think defensively, and maybe these are famous last words, but I'm per, I'm confident that we, we could have a really good day defensively.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at and why I feel like so. I, You know what I think why I feel so much better this week than I did last week? It maybe has less to do about what happened in the Tulane game. And more about what I saw in the Nebraska game from this OU defense. Like I am going into a big game for the first time in a long time saying, I don't think Kansas State is versatile enough to really push this OU defense and score a ton of points. They'll have some success right. in the run game, no doubt. But do I think K-State's going to put up 31 points in this game? No, I, I really I, I, don't think that that's going to be true. I, there, there might be teams that put up 31 on OU at some point this year, but – they're going to have to have a really good running game, and they're going to have to be a threat down the field. You're going to have to have both of yeah. those things, I think, to put up some some serious points on OU.
1: I, I'm more worried right now with the pass defensively than I am the run. I think we, we seem to be pretty locked in on the run. Now, there are some schemes that have given us a little bit of trouble, but we've made quick adjustments. and for the most part, they haven't been able to go back to that and, and really hammer us. I, my biggest worry is kind of the mid-range passing game where they can – because I, I still think the, you know, the biggest negative of our defense right now – and I'm, I, I, I still think it's good. I'm not saying that it's not good, but where we have the most room for improvement, I still believe, is the underneath zone coverage stuff uh, with our inside backers. And I think it's going to come. I think it just takes some time to, to kind of understand how exactly to play it. It's totally different than what they've done before. So it's going to come around. But we're not there yet. If we were to face a like, i – I'm more worried about kind of like a TCU offense right now than I am a Kansas State offense. Same. And, you know, maybe I'm proven wrong about that this weekend, but – that's just kind of where well, I'm at right now. That might
0: now. be more of a Quentin Johnston thing. It's like no matter how good you are defensively, they actually have a dude that's one body, two bodies on him. He can go up and make a play, and you really can't defend it. That yeah, yeah. that's an issue.
1: Yeah, and you know they they're going to throw it all over the yard, air it out fifty sometimes a game, perhaps. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what worries me right now, but. We'll see. I, I I fully expect us to continue to develop and get better at some of those areas that have still kind of lagged behind and, and not been like some huge weakness, but things that we can definitely improve on. We'll see. I, I, you know, honestly, I've been happy with with what's what's gone on here and and how they've improved week by week, and I expect it to happen again.
0: What have they given up? Like one play over thirty yards up to this point. Big plays have not been a thing, and big plays. I remember yeah. that 2020 game, and even last year, Deuce Vaughn has hit on his fair share of big plays against OU. Uh, if we're not yeah. talking about any big plays for Kansas State, then, yeah, big yikes for those guys.
1: Deuce is the guy that you've really got to be worried about. They're going to find ways to isolate him on backers and put those guys in coverage to where they've got to make a tackle on him and and make it difficult on those guys. But hopefully we have a good plan, and I think – how we've rallied and tackled at safety makes you feel pretty good about some of those not like they may get, he's going to make some plays on us, no doubt, but you feel like the way our safeties have tackled, you can limit those to gains that are under 20 yards, just first downs, reset the chains and, Try and dig in the second time around. All right, quick timeout. More for the Rush coming up. Hanging out at Pryor's Pizza Kitchen today. Goldsby, Oklahoma, fantastic spot. Tons of TVs. This is the place to come watch Thursday night football. If you don't have anything going on Saturdays, come watch college football all day and Sunday. They're open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Always busy. The food here is fantastic. A full-service bar. It's a beautiful, beautiful spot. And outside, outside. Cool lounge areas outside with fire pits and all kinds of different games to play, pickleball, ping pong. Really, really cool spot. We'll be back.
0: Hour of the Rush, Tyler McComas, Teddy Layman. If you have an emergency repair at your home or your office building, CavensConstruction.com. I assure you, they can help you out with that. Uh, we got Oregon State and USC this weekend. I know the text line is hoping for a uh, big upset win by the Beavers this weekend, but we missed you yesterday and we were kind of over and done with the Bedlam talk, but of course. Mike Gundy said what he said. I will uh, give you the uh, final opportunity here to put a bow on what Mike Gundy said just a couple of nights ago.
1: Well, do you have, like, the audio? Because I don't remember all his bullet points, but no one pushed back on anything that he
0: said at all. Uh, Let me see if this is – actually, hold on. Give me one second here. All right, I think this is the short version. Not true. Sounds like you disagree. Well,
1: here's the thing. He is taking the position, and I get it. Oklahoma left the conference, and whenever they left the conference, the Bedlam series, as we know it, which has always been a conference game, was – at best, going to be changed, right, to a non-conference situation, right? That is true. But they continue, Oklahoma State continues to operate as if it's impossible to play a rivalry game if you aren't in the same conference. And there's examples all over the country where that takes place. Them so, and Tulsa
0: is a shining example, huh? They with yeah, the DU. turnpike rivalry, right? Isn't that what they call it? Something like that. Well, they're that.
1: not in the same conference, so you know, they have no they have no say in it. So that's the premise right there. Like and I agree. Oklahoma first put the thing at jeopardy by moving conferences. No doubt, fully agree. But you can't act like it's impossible to play the game after that. After the changing of conferences occurred, like that's the that's the whole thing that all of his little bullet points that he went down were 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 all based on, and like, no one pushed back on anything.
0: Like, am I right? Or not Is that not fact? Am I right? Yeah. All right. Uh, point two. It's basically what it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. At least offer something up to try and you know. It doesn't mean that you believe that it's Oklahoma State's fault if you're a journalist there, but at, you know, push back, ask some some questions from the other side, and and see wh- how where it goes, and see if you can get any deeper than just a uh, one blanket statement that no one's going to push back on and we can call fact. So I don't know. Here's the thing. Uh, just like Mike Gundy, I've got no hard feelings about it. Do I wish it would continue? Yeah, I do. Uh, Am I upset that it's not going to? I'm fine. No. Very limited. I'm fine. I'll lose zero sleep over it. The first year we don't play it, I'll probably not even think about it until someone mentions that we're not playing Oklahoma State, and it'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that.
0: OSU fans will not let you forget about it. That entire season, if they're any sort of good, it's, yeah, well, we would have beat you guys this year. Game would have been in Stillwater. We probably beat you guys this year. Oh, God. Well, sure. Uh, sure. There, and, and there, and hey, there is – I totally said understand. Gundy said what he said. There is. It is interesting. There's a lot of local media around here pouring on the it's all OU's faults the past couple of days, which I have found interesting. Very interesting, in fact.
1: Well, Yeah, well, it goes back to the, the fact that they're operating on – it's impossible to play each other if you're not in the same conference, which is ridiculous. It's stupid. They know better. But it's it's the leverage point that they have it, because Joe Castiglione has said that, hey, you know, we we were wanting some dialogue and trying to find a way to continue the series. We want the series to happen. And, you know, we got nowhere with that, so we're abandoning it. I, yeah it's okay for oklahoma state to say we don't want to play you guys move conferences this gives us an uh a good option to opt out of this game to where you know we don't have to take what's been almost a yearly loss we we can we can schedule something else and in the long run, it's probably going to help us a they, ton. They, I totally
0: agree with they that. They made their decision once the SEC move was announced that they weren't going to play it anymore. That's that's basically, I think, right. what it comes down yes. to. I wonder, um, are, are they going to have like a new rival? Like, Who's their new rival going to be? Is OSU going to exist without one now? I guess you got the Tulsa thing. Uh, I wonder if they'll try to formulate a know. rivalry with someone else. If they'll make OSU and Texas Tech uh, something. I don't know. All you have to do now is get it sponsored and come up with the trophy. Those are grounds for yeah. creating a rivalry these days.
1: Does, yeah, um, the Meat Judgers, what's the Meat Judgers trophy? like? Because doesn't, doesn't Texas Tech have like a good meat judging? Texas uh, Tech
0: is the, actually, Alabama is the Texas Tech of meat judging. Like Tech is elite. I don't think they won it last year, but they're really good.
1: And, but Oklahoma State's good, too, right? So, like, that's what they need to build it on with Texas Tech and Oklahoma State.
0: Yes. Yeah, they, they, it needs to be the meat-judging rivalry. So, maybe just a giant, giant cow trophy or something, you know? Golden cow that you can, like, wheel out on the field after the game. They'll come up with a something. Giant,
1: cool. A giant statue of a T-bone steak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: sponsored by uh who 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 around here would sponsor that the oklahoma beef council sure sure (laughs) western sizzling no this is a western sizzling thing yeah western sizzling sponsors it
1: oh man the porterhouse rivalry texas tech and oklahoma state it would be entertaining they could play it at the stockyards out there in Amarillo. Oh,
0: my gosh. Or right? the stockyards in OKC. You have that's, that's your home and home every single year. Build a giant stadium in the stockyards of OKC right behind <laughs> Cattleman's. Be sweet.
1: <laughs> All right, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. Hanging out at Pryor's Pizza Kitchen out here in Goldsby, America. Beautiful brand-new facility. They've got coal-fired pizza ovens out here. Makes Some of the best pizza you've ever had. Full service bar, tons of TVs to watch sports. We'll have Thursday night football going on out here and then football Saturday and Sunday. We'll be back.
0: Cavens Construction bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Big news for the Texas Longhorns today. It looks like Quinn Ewers is going to travel to Lubbock for the game on Saturday. He is going to suit up. I don't think anyone thinks he's necessarily going to play in this game when they mean suit up, but it sounds like he's a lot further along than uh, most people thought he was going to be a couple weeks ago after that injury to Bama. So, Quinn Ewers looking like he's going to play against OU.
1: Yeah, well... I know everyone is just head over heels for the kid after he played, what, a quarter and a half of really good football against Alabama. And I'm I'm not saying that he's not as advertised. I'm just saying I haven't seen enough to just be blown away by the kid yet. Looked good. Made some nice throws. Showed enough movement there in the pocket to be able to get out of some tough situations and still complete some passes. I don't think he's an athletic threat that you necessarily have to worry about killing you in the run game. But um, he made some plays against Alabama. You cannot knock him for that. I'm just – I'm still not nearly as sold as everyone else is.
0: Well, still wild that uh, zero wide receivers have caught a touchdown pass for them this year. Is that right? Yeah. Look, I double-checked it yesterday – Jatavian Sanders, the tight end, has a touchdown reception, ah, but no, no wide receivers. All running backs are the one at the tight end. It's weird.
1: Wow. Huh. All right. Okay. Hour number two of the rush coming up next here from Pryor's Pizza Kitchen in
0: Goldsby, Oklahoma.